You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So every week at this time, we look at her story, a story about a formidable South African woman that has changed really a lot of our history and that has added value to who we are. And so today we decided to look into the life of Fatima Mia. Uh, Omar Bacha is my guest. She is the CEO of South African History Online. Omar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. You know, we, uh, we, 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 we don't talk much about Fatima Mia. People just make reference to her once every year, I think, uh, on the 8th of August. And we kind of yes. leave it there. And she becomes one of a group. But she, she had a massive impact in this country. Let's just talk, first of all, by um, looking at her history as a child and her very interesting background, different, you know, the, the, the different parents and their different races that made her become who she is. Well, you know, Fatima Mir was a child of a family of immigrants, mm. and I want to underline that. Yes. In fact, because it has the, you know, we, we can relate to the immigrant community now and the immigrant community then, and how they, Fatima Mir's parents, family, all fought to become South Africans, you know what I mean? Um, and so that, but her life actually, young woman, was uh, quite unusual. But uh, in the sense that she grew up in a home which was mixed. Her mother uh, was uh, often of Jewish and Portuguese descent. Her father was an Indian, born in India, Surat, India, in Gujarat, and came to South Africa. And um, while he had very little formal education, he was a formidable intellectual and um, and, and and writer. And uh, and you know, he passed on his love for language, scholarship, and all of those things to his children. So Fatima grew up in this very very interesting home. Hmm. Um, that cut across race, mm-hmm. and um, and she, her mother, in fact, became, you know, very integrated to the family and into the community. She spoke Gujarati. She, you know, she converted to Islam, mm-hmm. and she brought up her children like most other Indian families, you know, I mean, uh, with that sort of ethos, cultural ethos. You, you know, Omar, I'm, I was fascinated by her. Um, she she was she was interested in integration, and I'm not sure where that came from. And I'm you, I'm just talking about that because you're referencing her mother, her mother stepping outside of her own comfort zone, um, yes. and embracing a different culture, a different religion, and so on. Is that perhaps where she got that from? Because when she was pivotal in reaching and, and mending the gaps between the Indian community in KZN and the Zulu community, she was at the forefront of that. Well, you you're quite correct. You know. When, she, like all of us growing up in Natal, um, of immigrant backgrounds, had to, you know, had to adapt to a new society. Um, our parents had to adapt, and they had to fight discrimination. Yeah. And that fight then determined everything, uh, you know, everything that uh, happens arises out of that fact that there's 
discriminated like other black uh, people in, in the country where they had no rights, uh, uh, they had no uh, right to vote. In fact, the Indian community was only in 1961 recognized as South African, mm. you know, mm. and given citizenship, mm. uh, not but no vote. And Fatima's family, uh, they ran a newspaper called the, uh, you know, the uh, Indian Views, and she learned her politics and her, you know, her, her ability to write. She learned as a very child, young girl, young, and and, but also her parents. Her father, in particular, encouraged all his children to become educated. So she was one of the first, first, um, you know, graduate in the Indian community, and and also the first lecturer yes. in any in any university in this country, the first black lecturer in any university in this country. And in fact, the point being, it just wasn't common for girls to be made a priority to get education. It's just one of, wasn't one of those things that people obsessed about. It was her father who insisted that education be pivotal to their upbringing, and it's at the center of who they are. Very uncommon at the time. Well, it was uncommon, but there were people like her father and others who made sure and began working very hard to build uh, schools for children, girls, childs, for young women. Yes. And so in Durban, you know, Fatima went to the Durban Indian Girls High School, which mm-hmm. was one of the few in uh, high schools uh, uh, in Natal and the only one for young women. So, you know, the community was very aware of education and educating the child, you know, the girl child. But it takes a lot of hard work, like in any community, to get families to send their children out, and especially young girls, to be educated. So it took long, many decades of struggle before families allowed the young women out of their homes. Um, but Fatima went to actually, uh, you know, went to school, and and while at school, she was she became drawn into a political struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was part of a young group of students, high school students, who organized support for the passive resistance campaign and for famine relief in Bengal. You know, and you know. So she was very energetic, and in the 1946 passive resistance campaigns, she, like other young people, got involved, uh, raising money, providing support uh, for the uh, resistance, because you must remember there were more than a thousand people, and many young women, many women went to prison. Um, during the passive resistance campaign. So, you know, it caught people's imagination, it, 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 it mobilized people, and Fatima continued throughout her life. She went to university, Natal University, and studied, you know, sociology. Yes. And, 
And here she came across, uh, you know, a, a particular type of discrimination. Uh, you know, people who, in essence, were considered to be liberal whites, uh, who were her lecturers and mentors. You know, she understood, she came across that there within that community a deep set of sense of uh, discrimination against blacks. And um, and that, for the rest of us, became a very enduring struggle. To I mean, w- what I find is quite intriguing and interesting about her is that if you had to move her to any part of the world at any other given time, she would remain a human rights activist, an activist, social justice activist, as opposed to being tagged with a, a political party. I, I think even if she were to, alive today, my sense is that this is somebody who would have st- stood for human rights and, 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 and human social absolutely, justice and stuff like that. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. But she was more than just a human right. She was you know, fiercely uh, supportive of women's rights. Yes. And she was a feminist year and years ahead of her time mm. uh, in writing about women and their work and the impact of work and family and patriarchy on women. And also, not just writing about it, but unlike... I think the entire generation of um, lecturers at university, of her generation of lecturers, she worked in the community. She set up programs to empower women. And she set up educational programs, crafts programs. You know, you just name it and she had done it. So she not just spoke about uh, women's rights. She actually implemented programs to empower women, and as that makes her an activist par excellence. Omar, how do we honor someone who was as brave as she was at the time when she she did all the things that she did? You know, you speak about her feminism, and today we have a nation, you know, which is literally at its knees, really crying for women's rights to be recognized and so on. At a time like this, how how should we be reflecting on her legacy? Well, firstly, I think people should know more about women like her Mm. and what they did to bring about change in this country. Um, First and foremost, that is the most important thing. We need to know our history. We need to know what these women did and emulate them and use them as a way of uh, inspiring a new generation of activists. Um, and, you know, you know, she, uh, you know, I just looked at some of this. There's an excellent book out by Shireen Hashim, yes. uh, uh, an analysis of Fatima Mead's uh, writing. Mm-hmm. And... An introduction to that book is one of the best things written on her. And, you know, I'm I'm going to put it up on our website soon. Please do. Uh, just to make people aware of this woman that uh, Shireen has so well, you know, 
has done a study on Fatima and put together an overview that is quite overwhelming oh. and uh, inspiring. You know, I worked with Fatima very closely. In fact, my first book was a letter to Farzana, a photographic book, and it started, you know, Fatima was somebody who would just come knock at your door and says, you know, I want to do this. Come, it's, I want your help. That's it. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how we started. Um, if you look at any reference to her name in the book, you won't find it. You won't find it anywhere. Wow. Because she, at that stage, she was banned. Oh. And and the International Year of the Child was coming up, the first International Year of the Child, and she said, we must show the world what is happening to our children, and let's, let's put a book together. And that's what we did, you know, and we did it within <laughs> six months. We, I did the photographs, and she did all the text, but her name didn't appear in the book because she was banned. Wow. That was one of the many damning orders that she endured, you know. Really appreciate your wonderful and glorious reflection on such a phenomenal woman, Omar Bashda, who is a CEO of South Africa History Online. Thank you so much for that reflection. And I really think all of us are going to go and seek more on this phenomenal woman, Fatima Mir, who was really part of a big part of our history and gave so much to, to our liberation. It's now 2.30. Let's get the very latest in headlines with Uzi Lesaku.